TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys in a Mic Show, TalkZone.com. Thank you so much for joining us, folks. We're off and running. Beautiful Wednesday here in the fine city of Chicago. we got sports and more to talk about. Big Dog and a Coach at your service. Great to be with you. I consider it a pleasure slash a privilege to be on the air for these one hours trying to inform slash entertain and probably confuse a lot of people out there. Big Dog, uh... First of all, welcome to the program, my friend, and lots to talk about on a, well, it's not a super busy sports day. I want to get into some college hoops, by the way, today, if you are ready, willing, and possibly able. Well, if, if you're an Ohio State fan, if you're a Seton Hall fan, you definitely want to talk some college hoops today. My goodness, they were on fire yesterday, both of those teams. Wow. So. Seton Hall, and, and was that game at Syracuse? Coach, it was at Syracuse. Wow. And there was some guy by the name of Grizel who was hitting 30-foot jump shots to, to bury Syracuse yesterday. Up until about a week and a half ago, the Syracuse Orangemen, uh, unbeatable. Top three, yeah. top four team in the country. All of a sudden, they've lost three in a row, and Seton Hall comes into the Carrier Dome. Big dog, I have not seen a game at the Carrier Dome. I'd love, before I uh, leave this fine planet Earth and the college basketball world, I'd love to experience Carrier Dome basketball just once in my life. No, I, I wouldn't mind going there, but I, I mean, I, I'm with you because, you know, I love college basketball, but I, I don't know how high on my list of things I need to do in the sports world I would put that. There's definitely quite a few ahead of that one, Coach, but well, how it about, does look like, especially if you're watching a Big Ten, I mean, a Big East game, that would be a lot of fun. How about specifically, if we could, uh, get a little meat and potatoes college hoops here, if you want to uh, get a preview of the Pittsburgh Steelers Green Bay Packers Super Bowl championship game? Probably not the place for you today. We might, we might, you know, tip on it a little bit. We'll talk a little bit of NFL football, but, uh, agreed, Big Dog, it's a little bit too early to start breaking down offensive line tendencies of both teams. Yeah, absolutely. I have every intention of talking about the Super Bowl next year yes. when the Bears are taking the Colts, taking <laughs> on the Colts, but not Take- this year. So if you want, if you want to talk football. Okay. We we definitely are for other people that are sick yeah. of uh, Super yeah. Bowl coverage already. I like that. You not only uh, got your Bears in the next year, you already figured out who their AFC opponent is. Very nicely done. Yes, I, I do like the Colts next season. Very nicely done. You're a forward-thinking person, Big Dog. Unfortunately, your analysis of the present is not always great, but your prediction of the future is often tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> That's not very nice, Coach. Oh, goodness. 888-463-6748, by the way, is our phone number here. If you want to join us, we will get into the State of the Union address. Uh, Sports Guys Talk Politics, one of our regular segments here. We'll also review the Oscar nominations, but uh, definitely some meat slash potatoes. Might even throw some salad and dessert in and talk a little college basketball today with the uh, big dog, Joel Radwanski. We got... um, well, I watched the Pittsburgh-Notre Dame game. Watched the tape of that last night. Pittsburgh, even in defeat, Big Doug, you can see they're an awesome team. And we got to talk about Ohio State beating Purdue, a really, really good Purdue team, by 20 points yesterday. Are you ready, dog, to sit on your colonial, sit on the throne, and claim that Ohio State clearly the team to beat at this point, or is it too early? 
yeah, that is that is definitely too early. Um, but they are the best team in the country as of right now. I don't I don't think there's any doubt about that. And uh, a number one seed is basically in their lap right now, and they're going to have to do an awful lot of shaking to have that thing fall off. So, uh, but it, you know what? If you had a pick a team, they are it right now in college basketball. But you know, uh, there's there's still about I would say about twelve teams that have a legitimate shot at, at winning the national title this year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Ohio State has, has a pack right now. Eighty-seven, folks, up twenty-two at halftime. Up twenty-two at halftime. Final score eighty-seven to sixty-four. They're twenty-one and zero on the season. There's been a few patsies along the way, but they've played some decent team. Not the hardest schedule. In uh, you know the United States, but they played a pretty decent schedule, twenty one and zero, and they beat a, a Purdue team, big dog, that absolutely, absolutely could be in the Final Four. They beat him by twenty three points. Highly impressive. Yeah, uh, Juwan Johnson, Etwan Moore. I, I know they're missing Robbie Hummel, but they've got one heck of a squad, coach. You know, yeah, you're exactly right. Purdue. I mean, it, right now it looks like there's going to be a, a couple teams from the Big East and a couple teams from the Big Ten in the in the Final Four. That's, I mean, it just looks like these mm-hmm. two conferences are on a collision course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, Ohio State looked dominant over a very good Purdue team, coach. What a job Thad Mata has done. Uh, you look back on it, you know, Ohio State uh, of recent, they've been very, very good. But you talk about their basketball tradition; they've had brief periods. Where they've been good, I can go back to my childhood days, and you know Jerry Lucas, and I think was it a guy named Gary Hobbs, of course uh, the infamous Bobby Knight years. So they've had some good period, but overall, dog, the tradition of Ohio State basketball, they had a lot of mediocre years too. So it's just of recent yeah, that they, they are they, a dominant team. Yeah, they had. Uh, don't forget, they had the '90s. They were a really good program too, coach, because they had the. Uh... The, the Scooney Penn uh, team that went to the Final Four. They had the Michael Red team that <laughs> went to the Final Four. almost forgot about Scooney Penn. Yeah, so in the 90s, they went to the Final Four. Two different sets of teams went to the Final Four. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they've, they've had a really good basketball tradition. And, and right now, if, if you think about what better, what, what's, what do you call it, what uh, college in the country has a better head coach combination in basketball and football than they do right now in Jim Trestle and Pat Mata? It's a good point. I mean, if you, uh, let's face it, those are the two, uh, uh, what do you, what do you call it, uh, money programs. Well, I forgot, I can't think of it. It's on set my tongue. Uh, the, the profitable programs are basketball and football at every single organization or, or, or university. So those are actually your two most important. If, if you want your lac- women's lacrosse team to be good, it's usually a lot easier if you have, you're getting, making money off of your football and your, and your basketball program. So, and some, I know it might sound chauvinist and it might sound short-sighted, but it's the absolute truth. You want to have a good basketball and a good football coach because that's where you're going to make your money. I mean, I, I can't imagine that. I was thinking about it this morning. That was like a, a point that I was going to bring up. I, I can't think of anybody even close in the country right now. So. Yeah. And both coaches, when they came to Ohio State, it wasn't like they went out and got the big names. Right, Jim Trestle was a uh, Division three, Youngstown State. No, no, he was he was uh, that's that's an FCS yeah. coach. Yeah, so they took a little bit of a, a shot. So good evaluation by the athletic director. I don't think it's Archie Griffin anymore, but uh, uh, by the athletic department to bring in the right guys. Thad Mata had some success, but at a much lower level. Uh, well, I guess not because he he had success in Xavier too. So Which maybe is Ohio the State. Of coaches in terms of it's the uh, Miami of Ohio is football and, and yep. Xavier is basketball coach because. Yep. A lot of great coaches came out of Xavier over the last uh, mm-hmm. couple of years. God, great reference, by the way. I love when you throw out some different references. In this eight years we've been on radio together, Big Doe, that might be the first Scooty Penn reference. Thank you. 
Thank you for bringing up Scooney Penn. I almost forgot. You, you, yeah, you can't get enough uh, yeah. Scooney Penn. Who was the pasty face white dude on that Ohio State basketball team that like broke his neck? Brad something? I can't think of his name. Uh, Claudia well, and I, I were trying to think of it the other day. He got hit into the backboard in Iowa, and it, that cost him the chance. They were the best team in the country that year. That was talking about the Scooney Penn out. team. Yeah, it was the Scooney Penn team. Mm. He went up for a layup, and it was in. Uh, it was like the last not, game of the of the season. Not Jay Burson. You're not talking about yeah, him. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Is Jay Burson? That's the guy. The little, mm-hmm. maybe the most unlikely great college, unlikely looking great college basketball player of all time. Jay Burson was a boy about six two and 108 pounds. Yeah, and yeah, he went up for a layup play? in the Iowa game, and some dude like undercut him real yep. cheap and pushed him, and he hit his head against. The, the, the posting, yep. and it broke his neck. That was, it was the worst injury I've ever seen in, in, in basketball. I've seen the well, the Sean Livingston injury was pretty yeah. nasty, but. Yeah, that guy, that guy was a scoring machine. And again, I don't exaggerate much when I say he was about 110 pounds, but he knew how to play. I almost thought Syracuse's star guard this year, uh, uh is Scoop Jardine, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. it would have been great if Scooty Penn from back then, we're playing with the current Scoop Jardine in the same backcourt. That would have been good, huh? Scooney and Scoop together? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, maybe uh, that would have taken some of the shots away from Jimmy Jackson. That's one of the, the, the top names, maybe the best name currently in college basketball, possibly top ten all, all time. Scoop Jardine. That is that he... is pretty good. It's better than Antoine Gilbert. <laughs> oh, the judge. Remember him? <laughs> Oh yeah, again. What there's the Pearl Washington. I know that's a Antoine, simple, the Judge, Joe Another great reference. Big dog could talk to you all day. Are we in the air yet or not? Oh, not yet, Coach. Okay. But I, I couldn't. I mean, of all the players, he was a fat point guard at Michigan with Jerry <laughs> Curl. Okay. Yeah. With a French name, I could not stand that dude. <laughs> I, I Came out of high school as the uh, next great thing, and four years later, he left college as the. Uh, not so good, overrated player. The judge, Antoine Jobert. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. Big dog and a coach coming at you. David Olson, our producer, other side of the glass. Sola with the. Uh, we're here, of course, every morning from ten till eleven on weekdays, five days a week, one hour a day, five. And Toto starting off the show today with a little college basketball talk. You know a team is good, big dog, when they look really, really good, even in defeat. And the Pittsburgh Panthers, uh, I'm not breaking any ground here to say they're a national championship contender. They lost to Notre Dame at home, but you know what? And that was my first time I watched them from start to finish. Awfully good team. They might be uh, next to Ohio State, next best team in the country. Yeah, they, they're they a fundamentally sound team. They're one of those guys, they, they rebound, they defend well, they're efficient with the basketball. So I'm going to have to agree with you with that one. Jamie Dixon, underrated coach out there in Pittsburgh. He's, you know, you know, Pittsburgh has up and down time with basketball. Like they were really good in the eighties and they disappeared for a while, but they, yeah, they're back over the last 10 years, coach. And uh, mm-hmm. you just, I just don't, you don't think of Pittsburgh as having a strong basketball team, but they, they've been good for a long time. Oh yeah. I, I, who says you don't think of Pittsburgh having a good basketball team? I think I'm not sure I agree with that statement. I don't know. Just being in the, in the big East, you would think that the Villanova's, the Syracuse, the Georgetown's, uh, the, I think. Know, I think Pittsburgh's been good long enough, at least my impression. Uh, they're, they're in that, I don't think they're an underrated program anymore. I think when you think of the powers of the Big East, Pittsburgh, uh, you know, they've been, they've been good, if not great, for a long time now. Yeah, I definitely will give that to you. Do you know yesterday was the 23rd anniversary of a soundbite we used to have on the old show of 
Send it in, Jerome. When Jerome Lane actually busted the backboard as a Pittsburgh <laughs> Panther, a one-handed dunk through the line where he ripped the backboard off the glass. That you know what I'm talking about? Tw- I do. Tw- how many years ago? It was 23 years ago, Coach. You want to feel old? Wow. Jerome Lane, a rebounding machine. Yeah, he had that. I mean, legitimately, was somebody like was somebody call me up that day because that was on an ESPN game, <laughs> and they call me up and they're like, "Hey, Joel, Jerome Lane just broke a backboard," and I was like, "With what? A free throw?" <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually watching it at oh, the time. Oh boy, so. don't don't say that near Jerome Lane. He's a oh, uh, no. lean, mean fighting machine, and not a particularly happy guy either. He he catch winds of that particular insult, big dog. He'll twist you like a pretzel. Yeah, somebody's like, yeah, you know, Jerome Lane just went, uh, you know, four for five. I mean, four for ten from the free throw line. But his percentage just went up. I mean, it's, just, it's not bad. <laughs> oh, goodness. By the way, Jay Billis was uh, doing that game. There's so many, I think, very outstanding college basketball announcers. I will tell you from a coaching standpoint, as a coach, I learn more listening to Jay Billis. And, I, and I'm not saying he's my favorite color announcer. He's right up there. But from a coaching standpoint, typically at least once a game, I will pick out a little coaching tip or technique from Jay Billis. And I got one from the Penn State or from the uh, Pittsburgh Notre Dame game. But do you enjoy the work of uh, the X610 forward for the Duke Blue Devil, Mr. Jay Billis? Oh, he's an excellent coach. He, he really is. He, he knows what he's talking about. Uh, he's, he's an excellent, excellent uh, mm-hmm. analyst. Uh, and he, I, I like him because he like, he's got a real dry sense of humor. And if yes. you watch him enough, you yes. might realize that he's actually telling a joke every once in a while. Yes. I mean, he's actually he's an excellent coach. I, yeah. I, I love Jay Billis. <laughs> Matter of fact, after the game, he's got uh, his arm around Mike Bray, the winning coach for Notre Dame, for the on-the-court interview. Digger Phelps is in the studio. They send the inter- they send it down to Jay Billis on the floor for the interview, puts his arm around Mike Bray, and he goes, talking now to probably the greatest coach in Notre Dame history, Mr. Mike Bray. <laughs> well, Digger's back in the studio, you know, a little... <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice little dig to the old digger. That was nicely done. But the, the uh, coaching point I picked up from the Pitt Notre Dame game, little nothing dramatic, little simple things. Hey, producer uh-huh. extraordinaire David Olson, not a basketball guy. He won't even know what this means. You'll appreciate it, though, big dog. He said uh, Ashton Gibbs, the Pittsburgh uh, wing player, great guard, possible All-American candidate, very good at attacking the closeout. And I never thought of that concept before. He attacks the closeout. So basically, so when a defender's coming at you, you get to the point quicker and you really put him on their heels because then exactly. you can pull up. You put him, you put him in a situation where yeah. they're, they're out of control yeah. and <laughs> they won't know what to do once you get there with the ball. First of all, defensively, I always emphasize the importance of the closeout. I think every coach does. It's very, very important defensively. you got to help. you got to recover. you got to close out quickly under control. But I've never thought, you know, I always triple threat and, you know, shot fakes and stuff. But I like the concept. Attack the closeout. They're at a disadvantage situation. Make them pay for it. Put them on their heels. Nicely done. Thank you. I remember last year, Jay Billis, just little things that stick in my head. He rebounds out of space. So not just a guy who rebounds eight rebounds a game or ten rebounds a game where he's a good rebounder. But here's a guy in the scouting report. He rebounds out of space. A lot of guys collect six, seven, eight rebounds a game, big dog, off of free throws or balls that come right to them. The truly great rebounders, Dennis Rodman, are the ones that rebound out of space. Little things I pick up from uh, Jay Billis. So I would have to say Kevin Love right now in the NBA is the one who fits that yep. category in the league right now. He's- when- when you say that, not, who builds up rebound percentages, not necessarily great rebounds. Yes, exactly. I mean, 
That guy, he's uh, the coaches have talked about the fact that he should do a clinic on actually how to rebound. They're, like, they're talking about how he'll be on the other side of the court, someone will take a shot, and as the ball's going up, he'll start sprinting. Uh, next thing you know, the ball's landing in his hands, and he's starting to fast break for the Timberwolves right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they're like he's got better rebound instincts than anybody that they've ever seen. So. On the other hand, I could watch tape. This is what a sick basketball guy I am. I could turn off uh, most of the adult channels and watch uh, edited tapes of Kevin Love's outlet passes, and I'd be a happy man at least for a couple of nights. And by the way, Coach, that is the name of uh, one of those dirty movies, <laughs> The Love Outlet Pass. <laughs> so I could get the best of both worlds, huh? Yeah, yeah. You, you, you just don't let your uh, you don't let your wife see the that title. So actually, try she'll put that in the DVR. <laughs> You're a sick, sick man, Big Dog, and I appreciate you more all the time. Let us not forget, by the way. While we're talking about top teams, let us not forget the Duke Blue Devils, who were number one for a long, long time. They lost a game. They dropped out since then. They've won four in a row. If they get Kyrie Irving back, and I don't know if they are, but if they get him back, Big Doug, even without him, they're a contender. But uh, don't fall asleep on Duke. They're still really good. I don't think anybody ever falls asleep on Duke, Coach. I mean, that's no matter what. If they actually are still lacing up their shoes, they're going to be a favorite. They come in as a 16 seed, and they'd be the favorite to win in the first round. Mm -hmm. So. Obviously, they're never going to be a 16 seed, but uh, I don't think it's possible to sleep on Duke. All right, talking a little college hoops here, 888-463-6748. David Olson, our producer, our movie critic, has had 24 hours to uh, let the Oscar nominations sink in. We'll ask him for some of his thoughts on that. Big Dog hasn't seen any of the movies, but he'll no, make no, a... I did see The Fighter. I saw Fighter. Big Dog has seen one of the top ten movies, but he'll make it won't stop him from making a full analysis of the Oscar nominations as well. We I got was State of the. See, I was going to see Black Swan, and then when I heard Miley Kudis, whatever the heck her name was, and Natalie Portman get it on, I'm I'm definitely going to see it now. <laughs> that was exactly what how Natalie Portman answered the question of the interview. How are you going to get got? Or she said, why you know why did they put that scene in there, the lesbian scene? She goes, how else are you going to get guys to go see a movie about ballet? So, oh, it's about ballerinas? Obviously, Big Dog, you have fallen into that trap. You've shown how shallow and how easily titillized you are. You have totally fallen in the trap of Natalie Portman. By the way, I don't like girl-on-girl stuff because, to be quite honest with you, I, 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 I'm a man, and I, I encourage women to be with men and not other women, especially the hot ones, okay? And I, if that sounds sexist there, that's just me being me. I'm not, I'm not big on that. I don't want to see girl-on-girl. I'd rather see girl on me. Okay, <laughs> but uh, but if when it comes to like legitimately, it's like it's like in this it's in this order. It's it's figure skaters, nurses, and ballerinas. Ballerinas <laughs> with butt. By the way, oh goodness, that could go down in the uh, great quotes from Joel Radwanska. I would rather see less girl girl on girl sex and more girl on me sex. Thank <laughs> you very much. Said, but let's close it up. Joel Redwanski, circa January 2011. All right, uh, we'll get to all that. We also got Sports Guys Talk. Politics coming up, State of the Union address yesterday. Uh, real quick, though, I had written down in the notes now on the college basketball talk just to finish it up, getting fired up. Uh, a couple of things. I want to talk about a big game tonight, but real quick, dog, we talked about the Carrier Dome, and that's a place that I would love to go see a game, and I haven't been there. We throw this out to the fans as well. Give me a couple of basketball venues, maybe a big dog's top five that you haven't been to, you're a huge college hoops fan, if we could uh, send you in the talk zone private jet with the commander-in-chief, Chris Whitting. Don't worry, Chris will sit in the back, you'll sit in the front. Nothing to worry about. 
And remember, just in case he does come to the front, your seat cushion can be used as a flotation device. Give me uh, three, four, maybe top five locations the dog has not been to that you'd like to view some college hoop. Okay, uh, well, I wanted to go see Oregon's old stadium because it, it looked absolutely phenomenal. It was built in 1911, and they replaced it this year. And the new one looks so cool that I want to go there. So I would love to go out to the University of Oregon and actually uh, watch a basketball game out there. Maybe okay. hopefully they'll be playing UCLA at the time. Uh, another one is I'd, I don't know exactly the name of the stadium, but I would love to go to the Maui Invitational uh, in November just really? like go out to Hawaii I- and well, not forget the location. I'm talking about basketball once you're inside the gym. I mean, I'm okay. surprised because I watched the Maui Invite, and while the atmosphere outside is wonderful and sometimes the teams are very good, the atmosphere in the gym is almost lethargic. Okay, okay. I, I, I don't understand what you're saying. I, I was just trying to get a, a free trip to Hawaii. Oh, wow. okay. To... okay. I forgot about the talk zone jet. Sorry about that. Well, uh, I wouldn't mind going down to the pit. In New Mexico, and there you go. Los Lobos played. I mean, that looks like a, a phenomenal place to see. And, and, and you know what? Like, there's there's something to be said about going to the University of Alabama football game. So I would love to go to the University of Kentucky basketball game because yeah. they're rather down there. They're yep. absolutely phenomenal. And hopefully, hopefully, I'll be in the first row getting kissed by Ashley Judd because <laughs> she'll do that. She just goes out in the first row, and next thing you know. She's making. I know she's married and all that, but she's making out with some eighteen-year-old boy in the front row. She does that all the wow. time, as like a joke. You've seen it, haven't you, Coach? I have not. I need to start watching more uh, University of Kentucky basketball. Apparently, it's like it's like it's kind of like a joke. She goes down there, and actually, you know, she's kissing all the guys down there, and they all go crazy. You know, so I'm sure Dario Franchi might mm-hmm. have it. He might not have an issue with it, considering she's done it like ten times. So maybe he gets off on him seeing his wife kiss eighteen-year-old boys. Okay. Uh, so, Emailer Sam the Skeptic wants to know what games does Natalie Portman go to? Uh, I'm not sure where she went to school, but I think it was uh, it was like Brown or Harvard or Princeton or oh. Yale. Pretty I sure she went to Harvard. It, it was Harvard or Yale. I'll okay. look that up. So okay. maybe maybe if you got a front row ticket at a Harvard game, which quite frankly is not that bad, you might uh, get a well, little kissy kissy with what, the Natalie Portman. Well, if it's Harvard and it's Natalie Portman, I wouldn't mind giving her a backdoor pass. Take it easy. It was Harvard. Heck yeah. I'll take uh, famous actress colleges for 50. All right. I, I like the pit. That That's definitely in my top five. I got the pit. I got, help me on now. Is it the Palestra? Is it LaSalle that plays there? Yeah. yeah. It's Well, the, the spectrum is done. So that's where like Villanova. So I'm pretty sure in Philadelphia where uh, yeah. there's like five Division yes. one teams inside of Philadelphia. I'm yeah. pretty sure it is LaSalle that I plays think, their coach. I think the Palestra is still there. I've always wanted to go there. Uh, Allen Fieldhouse in Kansas, after talking to my ex-radio partner, good friend of ours, Mark Carmen, he has confirmed that you got to go there. I would like to visit that. And then I put put the Carrier Dome in there just to sit with. How many thousands do they get in the Carrier Dome? Well, they've had the largest on-campus yeah. basketball game. It was last, it was like a week ago. Two weeks ago, it was thirty-four thousand people were wow. in there, uh, but they typically they it's, they get twenty thousand every game, coach, mm-hmm. and that's pretty cool if you think all about right. it. No matter what, and then all of a sudden when they play like a Villanova or if Georgetown is really good, or maybe if Notre Dame is ranked high, they they get over thirty thousand in there consistently mm-hmm. on on their big games. 
Uh, maybe about. maybe we're missing a few, too. Throw that out to the listeners out there. College basketball venues that we need to see before we kick the old bucket. Don't forget uh, the Big Dog has mentioned before the Mayan calendar says we might all be kicking the bucket in 2012. So if we're going to get to a game, we might want to do it in the next year and a half. Uh, fans out there, you got some suggestions, thoughts on top basketball venues you've been to or you'd like to go to, 888-463-6748. You can always email us at Mike. Two guys, AOL.com. M-I-C in the number two. Mike, two guys, AOL.com. Real quick before we take a break, big dog, uh, tonight. We mentioned it yesterday. Great game. I'm going to be watching these two teams in Toto for the first time tonight. Undefeated San Diego State, number four in the country, taking on Brigham Young, number nine in the country with one loss. Should be an outstanding matchup. Your thought? Is that on regular ESPN or the deuce? But I know they're showing it because they're actually, you know, ESPN is, Whenever you see a special on a team, that means they're going to be on an ESPN channel. It's kind of disgusting how you know, they do I, that. I think it's on CBS College Sports, which I, I think oh. my cable system gets. Surprising. Surprising. Yeah, we get that, too, but I am definitely going to watch that. San Diego State, coached by Steve Fisher, has got – they're deep, believe it or not, Coach. they got like six or seven like highly ranked uh, players, and basically uh, Steve Fisher's done a good job. They've had six consecutive 20-win seasons. Okay, they've had nine in their whole history of their program, and they've had six in a row. So obviously Steve Fisher is, is getting it done. And, and if you think about it, you can go into a kid's living room and be like, listen, you can play Division One basketball to, with, with a coach that has won a national championship. Oh, and by the way, you live in San Diego, which is, if, if you think about the fact that maybe it's the second nicest place to live in in the United States, yep. but still the, the nicest place is another eight hours by plane. So I'm you're trying still, to – Trying to get my son to go to uh, San Diego State. My wife is totally against it. Apparently, academically, it's not great. I don't even know about the academics. I just want him to go there so I can go visit. I'm what you're going there for. If, believe it or not, San Diego State, if you want to be an engineer, an architect is absolutely phenomenal because okay. of, uh, like, legit. If you're like, obviously, like Cal and, and Stanford are, are better, but if you want to stop an earthquake, going to San Diego State's not a bad yeah. idea. I think the most common major for kids at San Diego State, I think, is it's scenery. That's not bad. Yep. That's not bad. Yep. You take uh, scenery 001 and then uh, scenery 002. By senior year, you're you know you're like taking trips into distant outer outer San Diego. It's a wonderful major. It, it really is, Coach. You yeah. got uh, legitimately some of the classes are absolutely phenomenal. You get uh, you get sunscreen application. Yep. That's in 002, I believe. With the 45, mm-hmm. with, uh, with the 70. Yep. Okay, you, you get a how to roll a marijuana cigarette. Oh, oh, three. That that's really good. Yeah. So then then you go how to roll a blunt. <laughs> that's always really good. It's a progression along the way. They don't teach you all this the first semester, but I guarantee you, four well, years at San Diego classes. State as a scenery major, you'll come out of school uh, feeling good about yourself. You got no chance in hell of finding a job, but you will feel good about yourself and the environment as well. Yeah, how to open an import beer without a bottle opener. Yep. I mean, trust me, Coach. If you've ever been on the train without a bottle opener, it's much better than having to go into the into the bathroom and actually using the toilet paper mm-hmm. rack. You know what I mean? You will also find out uh, they'll teach you that it's better to have a frontal lobotomy than a bottle in front of me. Absolutely, Coach. Thank you very much. Or the other way around. They teach you which mushrooms are poisonous, which mushrooms uh, will kill you, and which mushrooms will uh, make you with some <laughs> naked in somebody's neighbor's pool. <laughs> Uh, David, you heard more. about the philosophy majors at San Diego State. Philosophy majors, uh, they graduate, they can't find a job, but at least they know why. 
That pretty much sums up my life right now, though, Coach, doesn't it? Sums up your wife? My life. Oh, your life. Yeah. I thought maybe you got married during the break. Oh, I I did. Uh, A woman from Transylvania. (laughs) She's sucking the life out of me, Coach. (laughs) All right, uh, David, I think it is time to take a break. But watch that game tonight. We should mention uh, maybe a player of the year candidate, Jimmer Fredette for uh, Brigham Young, right? Oh, no, no, no. He's he's up for it. The player of the year right now, Kimber Walker, Jared Sullinger of Ohio State and Jimmer for that right yeah. now. Yep, those so are the those top. Those are the three in the, right now that we're deciding who's going to be the player of the year in NJ basketball. Those are the top three. Yeah. John Cerna from Northwestern, not quite in the team picture just yet. Uh, well, but there, there's rumor has it he might have a girlfriend, Coach. <laughs> All right, TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. We'll be back in a minute. Big Dog and a Coach, uh, questionably entertaining the American public. Back in a minute. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888-GO-FOR-IT once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com big dog passed by driving uh in the open fields a couple of days ago past a drug rehab center uh-huh and there was a sign on the lawn this is a drug rehab center you know what the sign on the lawn said What's that? Called? said, keep off grass. Eh, kind of weak. 888-463-6748. Phone lines are open. Big Dog and a coach at your service. Got a little sports guys talk politics. The famous State of the Union address given by Barack <clears throat> Excuse me, Obama yesterday. Uh, real quick, though, before we get into the State of the Union address, David Olson and Joe, I'll throw this out to you, too. I've seen this so many times before, and it just today it just popped in my head, and I have to ask the question. It has to do with judges on the national and the federal level. This specific one that, that just clipped into my head was when I was uh, looking at the picture of the seven judges at the Illinois, uh, I get, what is it, the Illinois State Court, the Illinois Federal Court, the top seven judges who will make the final decision on if Rahm Emanuel can run for mayor or not. And it had listed each judge, age, Republican, another judge, age, Democrat, another judge, age, Republican, blah, blah, blah. So my question to you, it's a simple one, probably a simple answer, but I can't figure it out. Why do judges have to be a Republican or Democrat? Uh, why does everybody decide to have to be a Republican or Democrat? Well, it's one of the stupidest things. Oh, I, I'm a Democrat. Uh, you know, but I'm that, a Republican. That's, that's, that's one of the dumbest things on, on this planet. But, you're going, but, but, but doesn't that doesn't that designate who they were appointed by? If who they, they were appoint- who they were appointed by, if they were appointed by, by a Republican or a Democrat, but doesn't that and Big Dog, what you're talking politically is is that a bigger picture? I happen to agree with you, but I don't know if I want to get into that philosophical thing. Specifically, the judges deciding on law 
should there there should be no political affiliation there, right? I, I, well, un, un, unfortunately, that's not the reality. I mean, especially when it comes to judges that are appointed, they're going to be following the the political views of the person that, well, that appointed them. That's that's yeah, the, that's I, the I, first I, problem right there. Well, well I, that that makes a lot of sense because it does. if you think about it, if you're if you're in charge and you're the one appointing people, you're going to want to appoint people that's going to do things wow. and, and rule for things the way you want it. That's that's why it's such a big deal when somebody like a, a Supreme Court justice dies when someone's in office because, like, yeah. you know, some other people like they'll like we'll put you on life support so you can at least make it until this one president's out because you might have somebody that will appoint. Well, I understand that, that concept, like. but Elena Kagan or Sonia Sotomayor, they don't come in as a Republican or a Democrat. I mean, I understand. Picking someone who agrees right, right, with right, right. Views, but, you, but, but I don't but, but, understand you, what the concept of a judge being a Republican or Democrat. Once again, I mean, I'd have to look at the picture that you're referring to, but I think it specifically is who who they were chosen by, not what their political affiliation well, is. All right, but but let me go. Let me hit the the forward or not the forward, the backward slash. Just a second. When you appoint them. Why do they have to have a political affiliation? I mean, I understand appointing someone who you think is going to follow a little bit more of the way you think life should be, but why should it be? Why should you be appointing a Republican or appointing a, a judge? You shouldn't have a political no, no, affiliation. But, you know, you're, you guys, are, you're both exactly right, coach. You should just decide who's what's right or wrong. And and Dave is right about the fact that you get appointed by people. But if you're not talking the supreme level of state. Or federal, when these people run county-wise, okay, they judges run for to, to be on a bench. They don't; they're not appointed to be on a bench. Okay, so let them okay, run. So, why, well, why do they have to have Republican or Democrat in front of their? Uh, well, uh, now you're now you're starting to talk my language, Coach. I think but, it's one of the stupidest things ever. I could well, agree but more, our, but, but yet but, that's just the way that people have done it in the United States forever, because. For some reason, if somebody has a particular political affiliation, they will just vote for somebody no matter what. My point is, and again, you're delving into a different area, and I happen to agree with you, but judges should be different. Absolutely, I, I my opinion, should be, should be different than politicians. I couldn't agree more judges should be different. That's why, like, you always, you tend to rip on me a lot. You always say, oh, you're Republican. I'm not Republican, by the way, but it's funny because I will vote for a Democratic judge almost every single time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just something so, that, you know, I've, I've noticed it before, and it just occurred to me. It's like, what? Why the hell is, is this person a Democrat sitting? In a, forget about it. They should be judges. Hopefully they're I, I lawyers, and they've been in the judicial system. Their political affiliation should have nothing to do. With whether something is right or wrong. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. If anybody can help me out of that. I, I, I am not often quandered, but I am quandered on this one, if quandered is a word. The, even the if it's electoral not... process in, in the United States where people, they can only see Republican or Democrat, and that they're pretty much blinded by that. And they have no idea that. And first of all, just the fact that, and it all starts with the way that we're set up with the Electoral College and the fact that the whoever is elected president has to get at least 50% of the Electoral College. So right there, you've been pretty much make it a two-party system. And that has trickled down to the fact that mm-hmm. 85% of the people, including me, including me, do not follow Aye. politics well enough that we really can say, oh, this person has made this decision, this person has made this decision. We just look at, oh, he's Republican, he's Democrat. I still, I agree with you again. I still have a soft spot in my heart for the Electoral College coming out of high school, <laughs> Big Dog. It was one of the few colleges that I could be part of. You know, Coach, I hate to tell you, you're probably right. <laughs> 
And unfortunately, because of the Electoral College, that means a third-party candidate, at least under the current system, has no chance of ever being elected. Mm-hmm. Like le- Legitimately, Dave, you're exactly right. The only way that could possibly happen is if there were two scandals involving the Republican and the Democrat like the day before the actual election. I mean, that would be the only way that a third-party person could yeah. ever be elected. We are looking in the current political world, Big Doe. We are looking for somebody different, somebody well-spoken with uh, thoughts, with some philosophies, but uh, maybe a different approach to things. You know, I don't want to throw it out at you, but uh, you, we could do worse than you as a third-person candidate. I also think you'd make a pretty good judge, quite frankly. Uh, the judge, I don't know, because then you'd have to go read and do fact-checking and do that all, all that other well, stuff. Well, you have, you have people that do that. Okay, now do... Can I go commando underneath the rope? I think so. Oh, then I, I wouldn't mind actually Many. doing it. And plus, can I? Can uh, I, I would wouldn't mind the retirement package that a judge gets. Very good retirement package. Actually, to be honest with you, Coach, I I actually have no problem with judges making a good living, making really good money, because yeah, I would rather have a judge getting paid well mm-hmm. instead of a judge getting paid off. Yes. That's why I mean, like that's why I have no problem with actual elected officials getting paid a lot of money. Okay, I wouldn't mind if if my governor made ten times more than what he made. And by the way, if he ever got uh, busted for corruption and taken bribes, hang him. And I legitimately mean kill them, hang them in in public squares and let them get beaten like a pinata by everybody that uh, they took advantage of. Dave, I think you can scratch the third party candidate and the appellate courtship judgeship of uh, Joe Radwanski because I guarantee if he runs for office, someone will dig that quote out. And even though you might, maybe. Might have some, some, some truth there. That quote alone, Big Dog, has uh, now forevermore has ruined your chances of ever being a third-party candidate for president. Well, if I come out and be like, listen, I'm not going to take bribes. And as a matter of fact, if somebody tries to bribe me, I will make it a point to to let everybody know that they do try to bribe me and put this person in prison. The, the, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sick of graft. I'm sick of uh, people getting deals and, and, and basically screwing over uh, the typical mm-hmm. taxpayer in the United States, Coach. I, I'm so fed up with it. Okay. And I'm fed up with other people acting like I'm for the little guy, and in the back room they're totally screwing people over, and other people, yeah, like, oh, I'm with the religious right, and we do things the right way, and then, and they're doing the same exact thing that the guy who said that they're for the little guy is doing. So yeah. I, I'm just sick of people being totally corrupt, uh, and like legitimately, we you build these guys up, and oh, they're such a good person. Did you see the commercial with the, they had the picture with their family, and you don't find out like. Uh, you know, he hasn't even talked to his wife in five years. Uh, he's doing cocaine in the background, and he takes bribes from every single person he possibly can. So, All right. I think uh, much of the general public feels your frustration, feels your pain, and feels, at least in uh, some mid-level way, exactly what you have just expressed, Big Dog. Frustration with the political system and all the uh, or many of the individual candidates. No question. I'm, I'm seriously thinking about disappearing. Of course, I would have to try to keep my phone bill somehow so I can do the show and just wear a grass skirt yes. and eat soy all day yep, long. Yep. No question. Even if you're a judge. Even if you're going commando, you still, from 10 to 11 every day, you're still doing the sports talk show on TalkZone.com. You know, uh, if it's a real important case, we'll make an exception. We'll give you a couple of days off. Yeah, okay? after, after you know, I had, uh, you know, I was uh, married to a prosecutor, and uh, she would tell me stories about, like, the atrocities of what would happen in that courtroom. It, yeah. would, it, it would just disgust me so much, Coach. I don't think I could be a judge because mm-hmm. – there's so many you got to do something so many things and you would really appreciate this because you know you know like when it's a sport when it's a sport I don't mind going by letter of the law because it's a game it's only a game 
if you lost because of a technicality and a rule, big freaking deal. But like these letter of, but they definitely go by letter of the law in the courtroom. And I can't tell you how many pedophiles, uh, men who beat their wives, uh, absolute POSs got off because of a very good lawyer and technicality. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I even brought that up to you when we'd always argue about the Calvin Johnson catch and all that. That's only a game. If you lose because of that, follow the rules next time. But when you're talking about so many different technicalities have gotten off pedophiles and all these other stuff, it would just make, it would just disgust me. It, it disgusts me. So I, if I, I don't know if I, if I was a judge, I don't know how long I'd last because I would be like, listen, I know this is the law, but this guy's a POS. He's going to jail. I would probably wouldn't last very long, coach. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. I feel, feel your pain with some, somehow, some way, maybe, maybe they have, but we need to close up at least some of those loopholes so that some of those people do not sneak by on technicalities and go back out there and recommit some mm-hmm. of the same horrific crimes. So, uh, no question about it. Feel your pain on that one. Hey, real quick, State of the Union address. David Olson, uh, I know you didn't watch it in full. Anybody who's got two young kids that need to be fed, need to be read, and need to be put to bed. Fed, read, and put to bed. That's not a bad combo. Uh, is not going to be able to watch two hours straight, but uh, some of the response you're getting, Big Dog, I don't know if you heard it or not, but State of the Union, Barack <laughs> Obama last night. Uh, I didn't watch any of it last night, Coach. Okay. Uh, David? Uh, pundits on both sides hated it, but uh, pundits. the pundits, both the, the the liberal and conservative pundits, uh, didn't didn't care for it. The conservatives because it was given by a Democrat, and so of course they're going to hate it. Uh, liberals didn't think he shot high enough, but uh, opinion polls have been very very fa- favorable by voters on everything that he had to say. so Interesting. I heard one commentator say, and uh, the pundits, when you say pundits, you're talking about your, your Republican and Democrat people. I heard some uh, of Cable the, news talking heads and opinion. Well, see, the cable news talking heads who are more neutral, I didn't hear them real negative on it. They thought it was okay with a few, you know, little complaints. I, did, I didn't know those neutral people existed. Oh, yeah. There's a few of them. We'll find one of them, see if we can get him on the show if he's not hiding. But... Uh, I heard one guy make an interesting statement and probably pretty true, Big Dog. He said, you know what, studies show that two weeks after the State of the Union address, most of the regular people forget what he said, and it's what happens in reality that is going to affect and determine if Barack Obama is going to get four more years or not. I think think that's pretty right on. That's why I think we should have to do something like uh, the reevaluating of the State of the Union address, kind of like what I brought up yesterday, Mm -hmm. to see if we should even pay attention to what's being said. And, and if you, you weren't with us you want, on you yesterday's can give the greatest speech in the world, but if you don't follow yeah. through with the stuff that you say you're going to do, what difference does it make if you made a great well, speech? There, there was a scorecard, and I'd, I'd have to find it. There was a scorecard. It, it was interesting, and I found it after the show yesterday of what he said last year and what he actually followed through on. It was, That's it was, it was actually, it was, it was like sixty forty or seventy thirty, as a matter of fact. So it wasn't okay. bad. Okay, so that seventy thirty, I would be, I'd be shocked, and that actually, you know, that's. Wow, that'd be pretty good. I wouldn't have ever expected it to be that high. I really wouldn't. But uh, mm-hmm. he also had a Democratic congressman at the time, so it would probably be a little bit easier for him to do whatever he wanted to at that point. Underrated, by the way. We talk, uh, we've talk. we had our list a few times, underrated uh, jobs in the world or underrated people. And I would add this to the list. Underrated in difficulty is the vice president and the speaker of the House having to sit behind the president for, what is it, about an hour speech? Probably a solid hour. Big dog, and they know millions and millions of people are watching them. And now with the advent of YouTube 
and all the other various video things where if you do one thing wrong, it will be caught, and they have to sit there. You know what I'm saying? And, and yeah, for like an hour, <laughs> have to watch every facial expression of the. Uh, not an easy task for those guys. And I'll also add to when Joseph Biden smiles, he lights up the room, and I mean that in all sincerity. You know, uh, Coach. By the way, I don't really think it's that difficult. If, I mean, maybe for you it, it's all right, but uh, I, you know, if you've ever had to sit through a nine-course meal with your in-laws like twice a year. You know what I mean? And you have 15 people just staring yeah, at you the whole time waiting for one thing mess up. That's I, a little similar. Yep, I can understand that. John Boehner, by the way, looking very, very sharp, decked out, had the nice uh, little chartreuse or uh, pink tie, making a statement. I'm not sure what the statement was, but he looked pretty cool back there. And, and Joe Biden, big dog, his smile. When he goes Cheshire or Cat and gives that wide smile, I mean, he, he, he warms the cockles of my heart. A young Joe Biden might have made me swing the other way. That's all I can say. Uh, I really can't say anybody really wanted me to, to switch teams ever. But. Oh, goodness. How about uh, did anybody, uh, David, did you see the Republican rebuttal? They had a young guy on there, big dog. You know how the Republicans get their 20-minute time for the rebuttal. Um, I think the guy's name was Paul Ryan. And a uh, young guy with dark hair, He his his good looks almost worked against him because he was just too... Too photogenic, and he basically, David, labeled off the typical Republican garbage. Can't comment. Don't really know what he said. Okay. So, all right. Why's it got to be garbage, Coach? Well, you're right. I mean, like, because I I try to stay in the middle. I mean. You're right. When I say garbage, the typical Republican talking points, some of them which have some legitimacy, including, uh, you know, cutting. We have to stop spending now. They made that big point, and they, they tried to paint Barack Obama and the Democrats as the ones who created the deficit and spending, 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 and it's the Republicans that are the ones that realize we have to cut back and that the country is, you know, heading to major, major financial tsunami down the road, and our kids are not well, going to be able to have it. The way. I mean, there's really nothing we can do about it well, now. that's not true. Who's in office? That, I don't know if I would agree with that. We could at least bring down the level of the waves, of the financial waves that are coming in. So I think there's things we can do. But what why people just, forget, Big Dog, Why don't we dog, just deal is, with it instead of keep on putting it off? Well, that, you're exactly right. We do need to deal with it. But I guess the point I'm making is the Republicans, you know, are making this whole big thing about that. Barack Obama's only been in office for two and a half years. Under the Republicans and George Bush, the deficit went way, way up also. And I think six out of the eight years that George Bush was president, it was a Republican Congress as well. So don't stand out there and say, hey, we're the guys trying to fight back and the Democrats have no sense of reality and just keep spending, spending, spending. I don't like that picture being painted because I don't think it's a true one. It goes both ways. You know, you're right about that, Coach. And I, I, I am sick of the whole the whole situation. Everybody wants to point a finger. All we need to do right now is quit spending all this money, yeah. quit giving away money to people that, that, that don't deserve it, and figure out a way... Uh, I mean, like right now, stocks, they're so devalued right now. I, I don't even know how that uh, uh, they could, they'll be like, oh, the stock market went up. Who's buying stocks? Who really trusts any of this stuff right now? I mean, the only thing that people should be buying right now is metal. I mean, that would be the only thing that I would absolutely do. And I hate to be such a pessimist, uh, but things need to be done, Coach. The dollar is so devalued right now that it's instead of like – Everybody is willing. People are too afraid that they won't get elected. That if we say, "Hey, we have to do something now because yep. we're in a crisis," people yep. are afraid to admit that you're in a crisis yep. because you won't get reelected. There's Just one why of the you problems. Just admit it. Yep. 
That's that's one of the problems now is there may be politicians out there who feel in their heart of heart the right thing to do is one thing, but they also know that if they go that way, if they support some kind of cutback, they won't get elected. So now you got your job safety and your future in sometimes direct competition with the right thing to do, Big Dog. We all know you should do the right thing, but it's money, it's job, it's ego, it's advancement in your career battling, and I think that that's very much a gist of where many of the problems occur. Yes. Yes, I mean, that's, this is how I feel about it, Coach. Thank you. And if elected, I promise. I'm hoping to get my voice back soon over the next couple of days. Yeah. All right, so you did not uh, catch any – have you seen some tidbits of the State of the Union? No, no, not at all. Just wondering, just wondering, I'm going to throw it out there. Did he mention anything about creating jobs? Just wondering, just yes or no, was there? Yes. Okay, well, yesterday while the speech was going on, I sat there and I laughed because I was taping uh, Ohio State-Purdue, and I was out sending resumes trying to create myself a job, trying mm-hmm. to do something for the American economy. So yep. I really care less about somebody else telling me what they want to do. I was busy sending resumes out, Coach. Mm-hmm. So you are you are trying to live the American dream right now. You are feeling the American pain, the reality of it all. You are very much the exact type of person that uh, we're talking about right now, Big Dog, the people that are uh, just looking for some kind of job, some honest way to make a living. It's a struggle and, right now. And without and without a vehicle, it's almost impossible. Like if I lived in the city, I'd have no problem, Coach. Mm-hmm. No problem. I'd be able to get anywhere I want. Living in Aurora without a vehicle, I mean, legitimately, it's like it's unbelievable. And I live like... And right in the heart of nothing but homes for everywhere in every direction. So it's uh maybe you know, like, what if we got a car sponsorship to sponsor the show? Maybe they can hook you up with a car. Um that the car isn't gonna be the issue. I've got uh, uh, I've got okay. cousins that own dealerships, a best uh, friend that owns a car right. dealership. So we need a car and a driver also. Uh, the driver would be good. Interesting. So if you can get yourself a sixteen year old kid that doesn't okay. mind getting paid four twenty five an hour mm-hmm. to drive me around. Anybody out there interested in being the driver for the big dog? I can't promise financial, uh, tremendous financial gain. I can promise tremendous uh, entertainment value. Yeah, that's true. Well, I do have I do have work lined up in March, Coach. It'll be for little... the rest of the year. I have I have work right. lined up. Well, but I'm still looking for a driver. Again, for, for the next six weeks is what I'm worried about. All right. So. Well, we're we're gonna find a driver for you, big dog. I think it would be a um, somebody out there would get a cultural experience, and if I could use that word following you around, driving you around. That could be an education of sorts for some young kid out there. Yeah, to make it even worse, the the person that I really, really like, she doesn't have a car either. Ah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Is this you know, it's, Moon it's, Lee? It's, it's kind of funny. Moon so, Lee? Yeah, or Moon Lee. Moon Lee. Coach. Okay. Not Moonlit. I don't know. Moonlit, Moon Lee, I don't know. She answers <laughs> to all of them, Coach. See, I don't know if Big Dog's pulling my leg or not. Is, is the Moon Lee relationship over, or are we, are we, is that still the one? Well, is well still... no, Moonlit is fine, Coach. All right, Big Dog is She's avoiding fine. me here. So you're like you're like the defensive back. You're giving me a lot of cushion. I'm sitting in the zone and not getting any key information. So let's. Uh, well, let's... you better be careful because if you if you pick something, you will get intercepted. <laughs> let's try another avenue of uh, uh, another play, shall we say, from the line of scrimmage. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. David, anything else on the uh, State of the Union? Any other political thoughts before we move on? Well, there was not just one single solitary Republican response. There were actually two. Good point. There Tea Party two. had their own. Tea Party had their own, which was uh, kind of a disaster. Uh, Michelle Bachman, Ugh. the esteemed uh, congresswoman from... Uh, Yikes. What did you say, astute? Uh, yeah, the esteemed... Got the first, astute, two, letters. Yeah, got but, the first uh, two letters, right? 
But, yeah, she actually took all of uh, Paul Ryan's thunder away because everybody was kind of focused on what she was going to say rather than Mm -hmm. what he had to say. That's a little sidelight of of the next year and a half is how the Tea Party and the Republican Party are going to either separate or come together. That's going to be kind of interesting to watch. It's going to be entertaining is what it's going to be. And if they do separate, uh, I would think, doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that that's advantage Democrat. Interesting. Interesting. Well, we will look ahead. 888-463-6748. Little sports guys talk politics. We've covered college basketball. We haven't uh, done a iota, done even a bit on the Pittsburgh Steelers Green Bay Packers Super Bowl game, maybe towards the end of the week. Tomorrow and Friday, we'll start snipping on it. Next week, of course, we'll start breaking down the Super Bowl. Big dog, about what day to, uh, next week? For the listeners out there, will you be able to give us a pretty much guaranteed winner? Give us a rough estimate. I I could care less who wins this game. I I, <laughs> I I really I really don't care, Coach. I'm totally disinterested. Really? First, like I don't care. I don't. Even, what are you over the Super Bowl? Sleeping in? Hopefully, got hopefully working that day. Yeah, but but just forget. And we we say this all the time during Super Bowl week. Forget all the minutia, and forget all the hysteria going on around the game, and just you know pack it into a little snowball. Just I the think game. the Steelers are going to win. I do not think Aaron Rodgers has recovered from the concussion that Julius okay. Peppers gave him, Okay. to be but, quite honest with you. But without even so, getting into it, you, if you forget all the other stuff and pack it in like a snowball, it is a pretty good sports matchup. Green Bay Packers, Pittsburgh Steelers for the Super Bowl, two pretty even teams. Uh, if, again, forget all the other garbage. It's a heck of a matchup between two pretty good football teams. Yeah, well, the, the, the Packers can't run the football. Um, the Steelers are the, the best run defense in the last 20 years of football, um, Aaron Rodgers has another concussion, and the Green Bay isn't mentioning anything about it because if you get a third one in the season, they uh, they autom- you automatically have to miss the rest of the season. And, and don't tell me Aaron Rodgers did not have a concussion, Coach, because the, he went from absolutely the best player in the field to couldn't even um, throw a 10-yard pass. He's you're gonna- bleeding out of his mouth. You're gonna he, get- he interviewed after the game, and he looked like a freaking – he looked like Brett Favre after the game. <laughs> So uh, it, you might get mad at me a little bit. Uh, you're talking about the hit with Julius Peppers helmet on helmet. Uh, the, my inst- my thought was that those bad throws you're talking about they came immediately after his interception with Brian Urlacher, and I thought he played. He started choking. I didn't think it was concussion. I thought he started playing nervous. He tightened up. He short-armed a lot of those throws. I didn't think it was concussed. I thought it was because he made the horrible mistake with Urlacher and I was afraid to make another mistake. Just my well, thought. That, that possibly could be. And it's funny, John Brinkus had did this thing on uh, sports science. I absolutely love those things. And they, they from the distance and how hard Aaron Rodgers threw the ball uh, it was like hitting a 123-mile-an-hour fastball. That's how difficult it, the catch was that Brian Urlacher made. And he wow. made it with his hands. Wow. Because he was, he was only standing 43 feet away. No, excuse me, excuse me. He was, it was a 43-mile-an-hour catch, but he was like, like 22 feet away at the time. So it was, like they did the whole math. It was, it was absolutely phenomenal. And then they figured out that if, if, uh, if Aaron Rodgers would have hit Brian Urlacher two inches higher up on his thigh, it would not have thrown Urlacher's uh, momentum off. And he would have kept on running. Interesting. But because he hit him two inches lower, the center of gravity dropped, and it, it increased the weight by 130 pounds of, of him leading over his feet. And that's why he fell down. The science? So if he just went up a little bit higher when he hit his arm, Urlacher probably would not have fallen down. Interesting. The science of sport. 
And if it's 14-7 right there on that play, the play goes up for grabs, who knows what happens. But instead, Todd Collins goes out on the field and throws an interception, and basically you felt like he just got kicked right in the jimmy, or the jimmer for debt, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> oh, goodness. Big dog, tremendous job today. You are right on your game. Uh, real quick before we sign off here, if any female fans are interested, where might they track you down today? Any stalkers out there? Where are you going to be out and about today? Well, actually, I did get some work, Coach. I'll be dancing at the log cabin. <laughs> oh, goodness. You going to do any book signings? Uh, as soon as I learn how to read, I'll write shortly thereafter. Big Dog does book signing. He's one of the few people. He'll show up. He's never written a book. But if you want to bring a book to, like, a bar, he will actually. Uh, you've done book signings before. Don't kid yourself. Well, I don't know. I've done more book burnings than book signings, Coach. <laughs> All right. Big Dog, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Be safe, okay? So, later. Everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. Be part of the two guys at a mic show. David Olson, our producer, tremendous job. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10 o'clock for the talkzone.com. Two guys at a mic. Have a great day, everybody.